Corporate MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Thanks for joining me on this wonderful, wonderful new week. And we have a new episode. And this episode, we'll just break it down right now. It's all about suspension. Did an article a while back on KieferIncTesting.com called Action versus Reaction. Uh, so many emails about that, that damn article. So I thought, why not do a podcast for you guys that hate to read? I know you guys got buddies out there that hate reading. Like, oh, do a podcast. I don't want to read. Uh, chances are very high that I have one of those guys in the studio today. So we're going to break down the fork and shock action versus reaction. If you make a change, what does it do to another part of the bike? And what each um, adjustment affects on the motorcycle. So uh, we're going to learn a little bit of something today. I brought my son Aiden Kiefer in. What's up, guys? Because he needs to learn a lot about this shit as well. Uh, so you can learn along with Aiden as well. So uh, for some of you guys that say, I don't like it when you have Aiden on. Some people say that, Aiden. Really? Why is that? I don't know. All right. Maybe they said, well, I come to listen to you, Chris, not your son. Okay. You get your own damn podcast. That's All what right. they're saying. All right. But then you I- know what? This is my show. I want you on. And uh, part of my whole thing over here at KieferIncTesting.com is family. And uh, with this whole job and what I'm doing, I want my son to learn as much as he can. So uh, if you don't like my kid, then I guess you might as well just turn off the episode right now and do something else because (laughs) you're not going to like it. (laughs) You know, chances are he won't talk very much because I don't think he knows a lot about what we're going to talk about today. So I'm basically not even here. Let's just be honest. You're going to you're going to school. This is probably the most you're going to hear me talk this entire time. All right. So let's rip off some. uh, Advertisements, Aiden. These well, are the people you that rip off the advertisements. I don't know. These are the people that pay the bills here. So RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one and only for you know to be trusted, an online source. Yep. Get your parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. The lowest prices and an unparalleled customer service. Free three day shipping over seventy five bucks. It's so easy. Why you guys should be going to KieferInkTesting.com, clicking on the RMATVMC banner. And then continue to do your shopping, please, because that helps us out a lot. It gives us a snippet of what you guys are purchasing, and that is a great way to pay me back. Uh, we do not take money. Some guy in uh, Denver tried to slip me some money and shake my hand. I go, no, thank you. I appreciate uh, you coming to my site, listening to what I have to say, and trusting what we do. So if you want to pay me back, just go shop at RMATVMC if that's what you're doing, and then just click on that link, and that helps us out. So thank you. Uh, FXR code, ladies, guys. Go to fxrracing.com, click on what you like, use the code KKMX35 to save yourself 35%. If you are a lady that likes to ride, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I will get you a lady code. And uh, it's even better than the guys because you deserve it. Happy Mother's Day to all the, the mothers out there. Belated Mother's Day. Yep. Speaking of our your mom and my wife, her birthday's coming up on Wednesday. Yep. Hopefully you thought about something to get mom. Yep. Yep. I'll take that as a no. 
but yeah, so you can go to fxrracing.com. Lots of new LE stuff coming out, and Aiden's got some big news here soon, so we can't break that open, but FXR is going to release some new gear that Aiden may have been wearing that you guys may like if you're a Kawasaki guy. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. And all the guys over at Racetech, Racetech.com, get your suspension, fluids changed, your seals, your bushings. Want to get your engine a little bit quicker? I just did a Honda CRF250R garage build with Racetech. Andrew over there did the head work, and that bike was a blast. Aiden, you rode that as well, and you thought I that was... I, I had a fun time on that bike. You've been on a Cowie for a while, so you went back on a Honda, and you still had a good time. Yeah. That says something right there. So uh, go to Racetech.com and use uh, the email sales at Racetech.com, code word Kiefer. That'll save you some money. And, of course, all my 2022 sponsors, Power Motorsports. They got 2022s in stock. Uh, KX112, 5K. KX250s, right here, Aiden, 7500 bucks. KX450, 8000 bucks. KTM 450 SXF 9K. So really good deals over at Power Motorsports. Hit them up and, uh, or hit me up, and I'll get you in contact with David and get you the best prices. Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper, 6D Helmet, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Dunlop Motorsports, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, Fast Co., and Mission Imaging. If you're injured or you think you are, MRI time. Robert over there in Riverside, California, 909 433 0575. Robert. All right. How was your MRI when you did that? It was good. You suck at it. You I moved did around it. too much. I, I'm squirmish. Yes, you are squirmish. <laughs> uh, so, all right, let's break this thing down. So, we're going to break down some, um, some aspects and some scenarios here. So, you guys are always talking about suspension, email, what about this? How about my SAG? Uh, my bike's doing this. And look, out of... Everything that is on a bike, the suspension is the most complex thing and really the hardest thing to really dial in. Yeah. Uh, some of you guys will say, hey, man, it's my fork is pretty harsh. And I will say, hey, stiffen it up. And you'll be like, what? What do you mean stiffen it up? It's going to make it worse. No, maybe you're riding too low and you're in the rigid part of the stroke. And you got to bring that fork up a little bit to get you back up in that plush spot. So when you move, the fork moves, you can kind of glide through that stiffer portion of the of the stack yeah do you understand that no okay um so let's break down some scenarios as always when there is an action there is a reaction so every time you make an adjustment it's going to do something else to the motorcycle just know that uh we'll start with air forks because that is kind of a nightmare for me and especially for you guys out there that have them very hard to dial in. So the air pressure effectively setting the air uh, in the air fork, higher or lower, is the same thing as going up or down on your spring rate. Two PSI is one spring rate. We go by bar a lot over here at Kiefer Ring Testing, but if you're going off a of PSI, two PSI is one spring rate. So that is a lot. So you need to try to find that air pressure that works for your weight. Whatever bike that you're riding, most of you guys out there on Austrian brands. So make sure your air pressure is somewhat in the ballpark for your weight. Uh, if you are a KTM Husqvarna owner, there is a sticker on your fork that gives you the stock air pressure reading. That is probably right around, if you're a 250 rider, around 160 to 170 pounds. And the 450 guys is about a 180-pound rider. So that is where... Uh, the rider target is for those two bikes in the Austrian world. 
so when you stiffen or you're raising the air pressure, that can allow your fork to ride higher in the stroke, obviously. Uh, it can create more holdup on slap down, decel, uh, can make the ride attitude of the bike ride higher in the front, uh, increase firmness when you hit obstacles, so on and so forth. So, Aiden, yep. in Supercross, these guys are running a very, very stiff fork, air or spring, right? Yeah. Here's, I'm going to ask you some few questions in this podcast, and you guys at home or in the car listening can take this test too. So when you have a f- stiffer fork, what is the downside to having a stiffer feeling front end? Uh, rigid. Okay. Name another thing. Uh, it doesn't corner as good, right? There it is. Very good. So lean angle. So if you have a stiffer fork, sometimes your lean angle or area one of the corner will be very vague. Uh, you will want to push out of a rut. It won't want to lean in as as good. It won't feel as um, as light as it should because it feels high in the front, so you're getting all this pushing and washing out, right? Uh, so that is one of the downsides to having a stiffer fork. So the reaction is uh, going too stiff can cause harshness or too firm of a feel when hitting bumps, uh, can cause deflection, when the fork is light in its stroke near the top, as you guys know. Uh, it also can cause less front wheel traction, uh, especially on lean angle. Uh, a pushing sensation through area two at the middle of the corner is basically that is where you feel it the most. Yep. Um, it also allows the bike uh, ride attitude to be too front end high, uh, effectively causing the shock to feel low in the stroke under acceleration, uh, which the rear can make it, uh, you can make the rear feel too firm or give the rider less rear-wheel traction, or make it feel chopper. Uh, chopper is when your front end feels high and your ass end feels low. <laughs> what are you laughing for? Because <laughs> I imagine doing a Harley just... Right. Freaking... So here's the, here's, the, um, here's the benefit to having a little bit of a stiffer fork for you guys out there in the air fork world. Uh, if you're currently on a WP, you know, current generation fork... You're still getting a lot of comfort. Um, they have done a lot of work over the years with the AER fork. Uh, again, I always say this in my podcast, six to seven hours to break in these things. And I used to talk about the crust a lot of the fork. Do you know what that is? No. Is the very top tip of the initial part of the travel, that crust feeling. It was very stiff at first, which caused a lot of deflection, some head shake, a um, little uncomfortable on decel. That has gotten better over the years. So when you raise your air pressure, just like I do when I had the KTM 450 SXF Factory Edition, I'm up to 11, 11.1 bar after I break it in. Effectively, that is giving me more holdup. So I'm expecting a little bit less comfort in D-cell bumps. Okay. So here's the tricky part. And here's the, you guys really need to hone in on this. When you have more comfort... Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to have a softer feel, which effectively can make your bike bottom out more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a more of a performance or hold-up feel, you're going to have to expect there's going to be less um, light bump or small bump compliance. You're going to feel a lot more of the track when it's choppy and chattery. If you have soft dirt, taller bumps, a.k.a. Pro Nationals, yeah. the firmer is going to be better because you're slamming into tall, sharp bumps. Mm-hmm. 
So if you have a local track, you know, like we ride at Glen Helen, it's a lot of medium to small bump chatter braking bumps or acceleration bumps. So you want to run your st- stuff a little bit softer in the front. Yep. So I would rather have my stuff a little bit soft on the smaller chop and have my stuff stiffer when it's softer and taller. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys out there. Um, so when you guys are going softer, softening or lowering the air pressure can increase plushness. It allows the fork to move further down in the stroke under load, can make the action of the stroke faster, you know, rebound, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, can increase front wheel traction, especially on lean angle, and give a more supple feel to the hands through the bars. Now, the reaction to having a softer setting is it allows the fork to dive on decel, uh, creates a low front end feel that allows the rear end to kick you up on braking bumps, okay, which the right attitude also is compromised. Um, that rear shock can overpower the front end. Yep. So now you have a, a, a shock that's pushing you through the corner. Uh, it causes too much pitching, uh, pitching on-off throttle, teeter-totter movements. Um, that's easy to explain. Oversteering through area two of corner. What is oversteering? Is when you turn the bike in too much, right? Oversteering is when you're leaning the bike in and it's knifing. So your front wheel goes like, like this. Yeah. Not so. And what is understeer? It's when it's the opposite of that. So it's pushing. Yeah. Oversteer, knifing, understeer is pushing out. Yeah. So you guys know that at home. Um, also, when you guys go to a softer, the reaction is a harsher feeling because now you're lower in the stroke. Uh, you're in that stiffer part of the dampening. The fork bottoms out more. Um, another good, you know, thing that I like to tell people about suspension is it's okay to bottom out two times a lap, max three times a lap. It's okay. People go, will come up to me and say, oh, look at my O-ring on my fork. It's it's bottomed out. I need to go stiffer. No. The whole purpose of you having that travel is to use it all. Yeah. If you have that O-ring or zip tie or whatever it is that you're using on your fork leg to measure how much travel you're doing, which I recommend you guys should be doing that, and you have a half inch to an inch left in your travel, you need to soften that up. Or change your your valving stack. You need to use all of that movement, right? Okay. Um, so it's okay to bottom out two times a lap. Uh, again, shock can ride too high in the stroke and give that rider a harsher feeling off throttle, aka pushing. Yep. So those are the things that are on the air fork side of things. Um, again, I'm more of an old school. I need front end feeling. I get a lot more front end feeling. On a spring fork, now you're on a spring fork, Aiden. So give the people at home, you're a real-world kid, 16-year-old, if you have kids listening to this, or if you're a kid that's listening to this, kudos to you. You're going to get smarter listening to Kiefering testing (laughs) if you're 16. Uh, The difference between your air fork that you ran with KTMs and now you have a KYB KX. Uh, Main thing I noticed was just comfort level. I didn't really feel comfortable on the air fork. Well, I take that back. I did feel comfortable on it, but I felt like I couldn't push it in places where, uh, like, give, give me an example. Work. Give me the example where those places are. Like lean angle, I feel like it would kind of push. Uh, my front end would push away. Okay. Where on spring fork, I feel like I have better lean angle on it. So you have more bite. Yes, more front end bite, I should say. Okay. So and and you say pushing like, are you and this is all lean angle off throttle or is it on throttle like sweepers or on throttle like sweepers is where you feel more traction with, with chop in the sweeper too so like at Glen Helen for example uh, 
I don't remember which corner it was. It was last year when. Okay. I don't remember what layout, but there was a sweeping corner, and there was chopping it, and every time I'd stand up around it, it'd feel like my fr- like my fork would just start pushing away. Okay. Where now on my Cowie, it just feels like my bike is planted. Right. It doesn't push away. So that's the that's the nature of an air fork, people. And I know this is more of a you know beginner's guide to suspension. And you you know guys have been around the sport a long time. This may be redundant for you guys, but there could be some snippets of knowledge in here within this podcast. But uh, for me, I just prefer that spring fork feel because I feel like there's more rubber front tire rubber on the ground when I lean. I'm a front end steering guy. Some of you rear steering guys. Don't mind an air fork feel. If you guys are on air forks, there are cartridges out there that can uh, make it spring. Um, conversion kits. I just did the WP6500 cartridge um, podcast. You can listen to that. That's half, I mean, more than half the price of a cone valve pro component fork. That's uh, about $1,300, $1,400 versus $3,500 for that fork. Um, you can just slide those cartridges inside your air fork tubes and then you have spring forks again and it's very simple uh the 6500 valving uh, that comes stock is fairly good i've been racing on that with you over the weekend that wasn't a big deal it's a little bit softer for me i'm 175 pounds but wp does give you the spring rate for your bike so if you guys are missing some front end traction, you air fork guys, look to some cartridge kits out there. I talked about three of them on the show right now. Uh, I think two to three episodes ago, you can go back and listen to that, and that'll dive in and kind of tell you which one that maybe you would want. Okay, so you have the compression clicker, Aiden. Okay. What does that do? Uh, it, it and where is that located? On the right side of your fork. Where? Hold on, are we talking air fork still? Nope, we're off of it. Oh, we're, we're not. About, we're, we're on springs now. So now we have the compression clicker. Okay. Where is that at? It's at the bottom of your fork, right? That is false. The compression is on top of a KYB fork. Oh, okay. And a Showa fork. Okay. Okay? Okay. Uh, what does the compression clicker do? What's its purpose? To stiffen or soften your bike, right? Very good, son. Very good. So compression dampening clickers are there for you to allow... Uh, your front fork stroke to stiffen or soften up. Uh, the action to make it stiffer, um, depending on if you're a Showa, KYB, or a WP rider, will depend on how many clicks you can actually adjust to feel a difference. This is very, very crucial. Uh, Showa forks are very sensitive to clicks than that of a WP or KYB fork, people. Uh, I would only adjust one click per adjustment on the Showa fork when you make adjustments versus uh, two clicks uh, each adjustment with the other two brands. So WP and KYB, I would go two clicks for each adjustment. Um, going to a stiffer compression setting on your fork can also give the rider a plusher feeling. If uh, he or she is too low in the stroke to start with, uh, the stiffer can create better holdup on soft conditions such as deep-tilled loam when you're there, right there. You know, sometimes we'll go to a track when it's new. You're like Paula, for example. Mm-hmm. Oh, my front, my front end feels low. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, because the dirt's soft and it's uh, gumming your front end, right? Yeah, it's pushing inside, so it's tilled up, right? So you're when you're ho- holding on the throttle and then letting off, it your front sick. tire's sucking down into the sand. So yeah. you East Coast guys could probably use a little bit more compression uh, or air, okay, because you guys are running softer dirt, 
And when you lid off, there's a lot of drag. There's a lot of heaviness, right? So when you have heavy dirt, you can get up with some stiffer settings and have that bike hold up. Yeah, that is important. Uh, stiffer can create better holdup in softer conditions. You know, like I told you, increasing compression can make the ride attitude of the bike ride higher in the front, as well as increased firmness in which you can hit obstacles with the front end. So a lot of times, Aiden, when I go to these suspension tests, you know, with Showa KYB, um, I'll come away with a feeling like, hey, guys, I'm a little bit firm up top. I like it when i going up towards jump faces. I like it in G-outs, but those part of the tracks, I can't really make up time. Mm. I always try to set, at least for me, and you guys have to decide which kind of rider you are, and you got to do this too, is where on the track can you make up the most time? I'm not making a shit ton of time up jump faces yep. or G-outs. I'm making them time coming into corners, going out, setting up, coming in. That's where I feel like I need to be good. So that's what where I try to set up my bike for the most comfort. It might feel like dog shit if you get those um, good comfort feels coming into the corner. Like I might have a lot of comfort, a lot of feel. But when you get to that G out on the track or you get to that jump face, it might feel low. You know, you might feel like, man, I'm bottoming out the face. I'll deal with that. I will bypass those parts of the track and be like, I got to suck it up through these areas because I know it's not going to feel great, but I'm going to make it up on these other areas because there's more of those on the track. So as a rider, Aiden, and you guys listening, you guys got to go know what tracks you guys race and ride. Set it up for those type of tracks. Because, listen, we're all probably local riders listening to this podcast. We ride, uh, if we're lucky, four to five tracks around our area, and those ones we race at most of the time. Learn how your bike reacts at those tracks. Okay, man, uh, dude, there's this big jump over there. My bike's not very good. Or there's this really heavy, low G-out valley area that, man, my bike feels really low, and it gets loose, and it kicks. But I, my bike's really good over over here where it's choppy and fast and I'm coming in these corners and it's deep ruts. Yeah. So you got to learn to where to set up your bike. That is also important too. So learn the tracks that you ride and try to really hone in on things that you feel like you guys can make up time if you're racing. And if you're not racing and you just want to ride for fun, pick out where the most fun parts are of the track where you feel the most comfortable and dial in your bike for those areas. Yep. There's not... Very many bikes or settings that is going to feel a fucking amazing. Sorry, I'm going to say F. Fucking amazing in every portion of the track. Yeah. You got to know in some areas and just going to have to deal with it, you know? Uh, the reaction to going stiffer. Negative effects of going stiffer can range from deflection, on-off throttle. Rigidity feeling can go up. Increased head shake on throttle. You know what that means? Uh, it's when you're just head shake. So, right. like, you're on throttle, leaning back, and you have this movement in your bars back and forth. Yeah. Bop, 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 bop. Kind of hard to deal with sometimes, right? Uh, too firm of a feel. Also, when hitting bumps can create a harsh feeling through the bars, more vibration as well, less front-end traction, especially on lean angle, pushing sensation of the front wheel in area two. We talked about that, right? Yep. Allowing the bike's right attitude to be too front-end high, feeling effectively causing the shock to feel low, and in the stroke under acceleration, which, again, just like we talked about in the air fork world, can make the rear end feel too firm or less rear wheel traction. Yep. So 
for me, 175 pounds, I try to tell my suspension tuners I'm more of a softer feeling guy. When you when you get your suspension valve, let's say you're going to, to race tech, and you say, hey, guys at race tech, I know what type of rider I am. I'm usually not very hard. I'm not a charging. I'm not just hammering down. So I like a little bit of a softer feel. That is great knowledge for the guy adjusting your valving stack for you He's going to know, okay, here's our spec. Uh, I might just back off a little bit of low-speed compression for this guy to get him that softer feel that he wants. So understanding who you are as a rider, uh, you need to know this too as you get older. Are you more of a finesse guy? Are you charging harder? Uh, Do you get tired at 15 minutes? So do I need a little bit of a softer setting to feel more comfortable or am I just charging the whole time and I need my stuff to be stiffer at the end of the race because that's where I make up my time? So these are the things that you guys need to think about as well. There's always a reaction to some of these things that you're just doing. Uh, going softer uh, on the compression can uh, increase plushness. It allows the fork to move further down on the stroke under load. Make the action of the stroke faster. That's right. So when you guys open that rebound and make it softer, you're also essentially making the, the fork quicker. Okay? Okay. So if you're making it, here's a test. I'm going back. Get ready. If you're making the fork stiffer, what's the rebound doing? It's uh, it's not going uh, enough up, right? So if you're increasing, stiffening the fork's compression, is the rebound getting softer or harder? Softer. Wrong. Stiffer. Oh. Wow. Are you awake? Yeah. Hopefully you guys are awake and they're listening to this podcast because you're not picking it up. Uh, Aiden, you want to talk about your DMV license test? No. This is reasons why you fail your permit test because you've you got to pay attention. I'm trying to. Get involved. I'm trying to. Be involved. Uh, okay, so when you guys go softer on your compression, you're effectively speeding up your rebound. And I've done this podcast before. What's called two for one. Did you hear me talk about this? I have not, no. So the two for one, it's very popular in our testing world, is let's say I'm going in, all right, guys, I want to go two in on the compression on my fork. All right, Kiefer, we're going to put two in. Well, I want to back out one of the rebound then. Why is that? Why are they going to go back out one on the rebound? Comfort level, maybe? So if I'm going too stiff in, you're slowing that fork down, you're getting it harder, so to try to compensate for some comfort, I'm going to open up the rebound one click to try to get some of that movement back a little bit. Okay. So the two-for-one is a very, very um, good way to try to dial in your fork or your shock uh, for you guys out there that are looking to, to increase some plushness or stiffness or, or whatever it is that you guys are looking for, the two-for-one. It's a very popular um, thing that I created a long time ago, Aiden. <laughs> You created it. I did. I call it two for one. Okay. You can ask Doug. All right. Two for one. Two for one. Um, uh, so again, going softer on the on the action on the compression can increase front wheel traction on lean angle, give a more supple feel to the hands and bars. The reaction to that, folks, is it allows the fork to dive on desail, creates a low front end feel. Uh, it allows the rear end to rise up and kick you on braking bumps. Again, overpowering the front end. Uh, causes too much pitching on off throttle, teeter totter feel that for you guys at home, oversteering or knifing through area of two of corners, harsher feeling, which is a firmer feel, even though you are going softer because you're going through the stroke sooner. 
Um, for me also, too, the fork can bottom out, again, two to three times. If it's more than that, that's the reaction. You, that's going too soft. Um, it causes the shock to ride too high in the stroke. Uh, gives the rider a harsh feeling, unbalanced feel around the track, and more comfort in front end with less performance hold up on the shock. That is the compression. So for me, if you guys are always looking to do something, I'll give you a quick tip. Showa forks, and, I, and I'm talking late models here, uh, 2019 and up. If you're on a Showa fork, they react better to rebound adjustments than they do compression adjustments. So if you feel like your shaw, I'm sorry, your fork is a little bit too soft, try starting with the rebound first going in versus going, going to your compression. Okay. They have a tendency to react better. Now, on the KYB side of things, compression works better than rebound. So if you feel like, ah, oh, I, I need to stiffen up my fork, go in on your compression. Okay. And I would go two clicks. Okay. You can probably feel that. I don't think one click you're going to feel that much difference unless you're super sensitive, right? Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the rebound dampening side of things here. So this is a little bit different, right? But the rebound dampening allows the fork to move faster or slower when compressed. It also acts like a type of dampening force. The action, uh, when you make it faster, the rebound faster, is more front and traction because the fork is moving faster, which in turn is causing the front tire to get back to the ground quicker over bumps and square edges can help straight line stability, can increase plushness through the beginning to mid-stroke, and also can help from the front end from diving when jumping. All right. You understand that? Yes. Uh, the reaction to making it faster can cause head shake on throttle, could make fork feel too soft on decel through braking bumps, a.k.a. diving, can allow front end to come up too high off of jump faces, a.k.a. boner airing. David Martinez style, Vaj. Marlin. Uh, do the Marlin, do the Vaj. Uh, can cause pushing sensation of the front tire through area two. Uh, front, make the front tire climb out of ruts. Uh, busy feeling front end, which can make you hold on too tight and cause arm pump. So, rebound in the world, okay? Living on East Coast, living West Coast. West Coast dirt. Uh, tell guys when they come to Glen Helen to run your rebound a little bit faster because it's a very fast track. You're always on the edges of your tires, and you want that front tire to follow the ground more. Yep. If you feel like you're skatey, coming into corners, you're leaning, or your, your front ends always feel like it's da -da 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 dancing, that could you might think it's fast, but in, rea in reality, it's moving too slow, and it's not, it's not following the ground. That tire needs to follow the ground because it's such the small bumps everywhere that that tire needs to get back on the ground ASAP. The taller, the softer the bump, the slower you can have your rebound. Yeah. Okay? Because you want it to hit and have some dampening, right? You want it to soften that dampening a little bit when you have faster, edgier tracks like we do out here on the West Coast. So that is very important. A lot of you guys just skip over the rebound side of things and just, just hey, I'm going compression only. Well, again, when you tighten the compression or loosen the compression, it affects the rebound dampening, Aiden. So... Know that when you're out on the track. Okay. All right? All right. Um, <clears throat> so going slower on the rebound can cause more dampening, feel firmer, slow the front end down, off throttle, which can give you increased front end traction in area two, middle of the corner, and area three. Uh, less movement of the initial stroke under throttle while hitting acceleration bumps. 
uh, can bring front end down, more off jump faces, less boner airing, less vaging. Yep. Okay, so if you want that front and down, you're really far forward on the bike like you are when you're going through stuff. It'll help that bring that front and down without having to hit the rear brake. Okay. I don't know if you've noticed this listening to this or watching Supercross. You don't see a lot of guys touching the rear brake anymore in the air. No. Why is that? Probably because they're so far forward on the bike already. The the style has evolved over the years where you're all these guys are pushing through the jumps or scrubbing and their weight's so far forward that the trajectory of the motorcycles already, already pointed forward. down. Yep. So when you see a guy touch the rear brake in the air, it's more of a mistake on his part. Like he OJ'd in the boner aired out of the second one. Right. Or it's a bad setup. Yeah. So a lot of times if you guys are you really want to get cool with your friends and you're watching daytime qualifying and you see a dude touching his rear brake to clear something, you're like, hey, that guy's fork is a little bit fast. And you'd be like, huh? How'd you know that? Keith Ring testing. Yep. Doing the Vaj, the boner airs. <laughs> I wonder if Vaj is going to listen to this. Probably not. We miss you, Vaj. We miss, we miss the boner airing out here in Asperia, California. The one legs. Miss the Vaj legs. Man. It's good times. It's great times. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, what's the reaction? The reaction. The reaction of going slower on the rebound. It can give a harsher feeling on off throttle when hitting bumps. Can make the fork feel too firm on decel through braking bumps. Too high and too harsh. Uh, the front end diving too much. Endo off the face of the jumps. We don't want that. No. Um, and can can cause right attitude that is too low off throttle. Yep. You know what I'm saying about that. Uh, that low feeling can give the rider less cornering stability through choppy ruts. That's also important. Yep. So if you guys at home have a track that has these small imperfections chop inside of your deep ruts because you have a whole 85 class, 125 class, and you got big bikes, you create these different ex- on-off acceleration points inside these ruts, which causes chop. So you need some rebound dampening, some quicker rebound force yep. through that to make your bike stable inside that rut. Yeah. That is called corning stability. When you're leaning inside the rut and you're driving through it, how your bike handles it and sticks inside the rut. Yep. What are you saying yep because you just want to get through this podcast or you saying yep because you understand it? I understand. Okay. Um and, and also the reaction for going too slow can uh, allow the rear of the bike shock feel high on uh off throttle situations. So again, Compression and rebound go hand in hand with the fork. And for me, you guys need to adjust both uh, when you guys at least make bigger changes to you. If you're just going one to two clicks, you may not be able to have to to adjust uh, the rebound. Or if you go one to two clicks on rebound, you may be okay on the compression. But normal standards, if you're going two or more, you will have to adjust the latter or the other um, Dampening force. Okay. Okay. Fork height. What does the fork height do, Aiden? Uh, is I, it height or height? Height. Nope. Height. No H. What's the difference? Sometimes when I talk, I say height. What's you'll, the, you'll, you'll listen to people. It's that's just the proper way of saying it. it's fork height. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And because it's big height length, I think that's where we get confused. I know lowering your fork, uh, dropping it. Gives it more comfort, right? Uh, 
It can in situations. Like in my fork. But I what drop- is it general? If you're dropping the fork, what are you trying to do? Like, hey, man, I'm going to drop my fork. Why? Why would you do that? I don't know. So if you want to drop your fork, you're making your f- your your bike? Sit uh, ass and low. You're making, essentially, you're making your front end, you're dropping it, right? Yes, you're making your ass end low and your front end high. You're making your front end high. Yeah. If you're, if you're raising your fork, you're dropping your front end because you want more steering character. Yep. If you're dropping your fork, you're getting more stability. So faster tracks, Glen Helen. Yep. And I'm, and I'm sorry I'm using this track as a, as a reference, people. I this know is all you guys, we have out here. I know you guys are not in Southern California listening to this or if you're in Europe or whatever, but picture a fast track that you're always trying to set up, carve outside to inside, and you're always trying to keep momentum. That's kind of our Glen Helen. So pick your Glen Helen wherever you live. Yep. Uh, if you're dropping your fork, you're going to get more stability and maybe a little bit less lean angle ability. You're raising your front end. You're going to bring up your ass end, and you, in, in essence, you're going to help your initial part of your cornering and area two of the corner. It's going to make it turn sharper. Okay? Okay. We're going to talk about the shock side of things, too, as well. But if you guys do drop your fork, right, um, you might have to adjust your sack. I think we need to do that because I did that in my practice bike. My fork is still dropped. So you're about, instead of five millimeters, you're at three or two millimeters. I think it's two. Hmm. So you can, essentially, we can, maybe instead of being at one oh hundred and five millimeters a sag. Let's say your bike comes at stock five millimeters, fork height, KX250. Okay. Recommended sag is at 105 millimeters. Yep. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to drop my fork to two millimeters, right? Okay. You could, essentially, get about... 106 millimeters a sag. I'm sorry. Wrong way. That's my fault. 104 millimeters a sag. You could raise it up a little bit just to compensate. There's always a reaction, right? So I would recommend if you guys do play with your fork height at home, if you're standard, I'm just saying your standard is a 5 millimeters and I want to drop my fork flush. And I do this with the YZ450 at times on a faster track. I will drop my fork to 2 millimeters to get more stability out of the Yamaha. Okay. Okay. I will raise my sag up a little bit. Okay. Uh, if I'm raising my fork, okay, I will want to uh, drop my sag a little bit to kind of help compensate. Um, the fork height can allow the rider to customize how much cornering ability he or she wants, as well as stability by raising, dropping the fork legs inside the triple clamps. Uh, the fork height action, raising the fork height, can allow for increased lean angle front end traction can give the rider a sharper cornering motorcycle, easier initial lean, tip in, coming into corners, and a lower front-end feel that some of you guys like. I don't know what type of rider you are, in, but we're going to talk about that. Dropping the fork height can increase stability on throttle as well as cornering stability through area two and three of the corners and can allow for a taller front-end feel. Now, I'm reading this to you guys over off of Kiefer Ring Testing. Again, it is up on there, but you guys hate to read, so... We're just trying to go over it a little bit more organically here on this podcast. Um, the reaction for the fork height is raising the fork height can give a rider less stability, more over, oversteer, knifing through the corners, an unbalanced front-to-rear feel while riding, 
so sometimes riding a lower sag setting, drop in the rear end will help increase the real rear traction through area three to exit of corners. So area three or the exit, yep. it'll give you more rear wheel traction if you're going that way. Dropping the fork height can give a rider a slower cornering machine side to side, a front end push through area two of corners, too high of a front end feel, which may force you to run a higher sag set setting, raising the rear end, because the rear of the bike can feel too low under acceleration with the fork dropped in the clamp. All right? All right. So, test time, people. Just so you guys get a refresher. You got your KX250, Aiden. Okay. We're going to Paula. Yep. I want a little bit more stability for you. So we're, you're going to drop your fork to three okay. millimeter. Okay. Where's your Where's your sag going to go? Can I just say higher or lower? If your stock setting is at 105. Okay. Where should you go if you're now at three millimeters of fork height? Should go lower, right? Just give me the number. What were we at again? 105? Yes, 105. 103? That's good. We can go 103, 104. That's good. You're listening. It took you a little while, but I'm glad. You teenagers out there listening, good job. And you parents out there, even better job for dealing with this. Sometimes it's really hard for us to <laughs> get us through this area. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on to the shock. This gets where it gets. Whew, there's a lot going on, Okay. A lot going on. So I don't know how many times you guys might have to listen to this show or just simply uh, just go over to uh, my website and read it. Yeah. You can really digest it and just print it off if you want. Take it to the track. Make some notes. Make your own little test Bible. How's that? How's that going with you, by the way? What? Do you have a test Bible anywhere? No, because I never test. We just tested some engine mounts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can make notes. All right. <laughs> In the parents' world, that means, all right, means not going to happen. <laughs> hey, guys. We'll be right back with the Fork and Shock Action and Reaction Podcast. But first things first, let's get to these commercials, and we'll be right back. ScreenPrintingDone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful T-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some T-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. This is a T-shirt. You can get anything you want on that T-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like "Let's go, buddy," or "Free jailbirds." I agree. Anything at all. ScreenPrintingDone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! ScreenPrintingDone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? BloodLubricants.com. 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run... Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So... Great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. 
Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar. But yet, I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend. And that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com. They have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris. Hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages. And you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at, Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Time. Why? 
Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. And uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. We are back. Thank you for hanging in. If you actually listen to these things, that is awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, back with the show. All right, low-speed compression. Uh, Low-speed compression, Dabney, will allow your shock stroke to stiffen or soften when compressed at lowered load situations. Okay, do you know what a lowered load situation is, Aiden? When your rear end is low, right? So lowered load situations is accelerating out of a straightaway. That's a lower. You're under load, but it's a lower load. You're not gene out. You're not, you're not hitting a jump face, okay. right? That is a lower load situation. Uh, what is the action of going stiffer on LSC, which is low-speed compression? Stiffening the LSC can allow your bike's right attitude to be flatter with less pitching on-off throttle, can help with the wallow feeling through rollers, can help rear-end... Um, can help, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's right. Can help the rear end keep down on initial bump impact, okay? Uh, bump absorption can improve if shock is riding too low in the stroke. Uh, can give rider a firmer feel to allow them to ride more aggressively, a.k.a. Charging. More performance. Okay. A performance feel is a stiffer feeling. A comfort feeling softer. is a softer feeling. What's the reaction of going stiffer on LSC? Going too stiff can cause harshness or too firm of a feel when hitting bumps. Can cause deflection when the shock is light in the stroke. Okay. Do you know what light? Okay, so I'm going to, here's another test with inside this podcast. The shock is light in its stroke. What part is that on the track? Name something. This is a podcast, so dead air is uh, probably not warranted. I'd say coming into a corner when you're letting off. There correct? you go. Good job. Very good. So off-throttle situations, people. So uh, if you're going stiffer, it can cause deflection when you're getting light. It can kind of make – and then deflection means side-to-side uh, -side movement or edgy feeling in the rear. Uh, can cause less rear-wheel traction. This is obviously very important, especially on lean angle. Okay. Uh, can give rider less plush of a feel on bump impact, less movement in the rear, which can give a rigid through-the-seat feel. Uh, you Honda owners can relate to this. 
Uh, it also can overpower the fork and allow the bike to be front-end heavy downhills, which can cause instability in the front end and head shake. Okay. So that is the reaction of going too stiff on the LSC. Um, going uh, softer, the action positives are can increase the plushness, allow the shock to move further down the stroke, under load, or increase comfort on initial bump impact. Uh, it can make the action of the stroke faster, can increase rear wheel traction uh, on lean, lean angle as well, give more supple feel through the seat when accelerating out of choppy corners. Less of a spiky feel, I guess we like to say. Yep. Uh, the reaction, going softer, negatives, maybe give me a couple. Ah. <laughs> uh, so what was it again? <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe this is why people don't want you on the show, dude. No, I'm just confused. Like, this is new to me, so I don't know. All right. So, reaction of going too soft on LSC. Too soft. Too so, we, we so talked about softening and the, and the positives of that. Okay. Yeah. And then, what would be the negatives to that? Uh, not enough holdup when you're hitting something. Right. Go to the stroke too much. Yep. Uh, a low rear wheel feel. Yep. Uh, which can create a fast-moving rear end, less dampening feel on bump impact. It creates a low rear end feel that allows the rear end to kick you on braking bumps, which can make the transfer of the weight drastic to the front end. Yep. Pitching. Um, oversteering through area of two. Uh, also area one. It can make you knife. Um, and it can unload fast on decel, which causes the front end to knife, make fork feel too high on throttle. So as soon as you nail the throttle, everything kind of squats. Back. Yep. You know, and comes up. So just a lot of teeter tottering movement. So that is not that is not right. And the negative, it could bottom more than three times per lap. Yep. That is the goal. Again, anything more than three times, you're going too much. Too soft. And you always most bikes, if you bottom, you'll see a light rubber underneath your rear fender. Don't freak out if you're washing your bikes and you see some rubber on your rear fender. That's okay. A light brown is okay. If you have a whole fucking knobby's worth of rubber underneath <laughs> your rear fender, then that might be a problem. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Our buddy David Martinez? Never. There's not a rubber mark on the thing. There's, no, there's not. Nothing. Nope. He doesn't bottom his shit out. It's, it's No, he doesn't. No. I tried to make him soften up. You know up what, his... guys? I need... I, I you know need, why? I need because, my back with rubbish. Because he probably sprayed SC1 all underneath that rear fender, and it's not even going to get near that thing. It just like, it's slides. Just, yeah, it slides. It just slides. The knobby won't even catch. It just goes right through it. Yeah. Mm, that's my... I need my suspension refurbed. Our buddy David Martinez is a great guy. He's a fireman. But, man, we're going to do a podcast with him about how to clean a motorcycle and the, and the action and reaction of cleaning your motorcycle. Because <laughs> What SC1 whatever, does whatever, whatever do. David... God, whatever this guy uses, mud is scared to stick on it. You ever see a Honda out there, number 74? If you're in SoCal and you see number 74 on a Honda with FXR gear, and he's first practice and he comes off and it looks like it came off the show one floor, ask him how he does it because he won't tell us. No. He says SC1. That's all I use. There SC1. is mud packed in my chain. There is mud packed in my pegs. There is mud caked underneath the rear fender. There is mud I'm, everywhere. My bike is 35 pounds heavier when I get off the track. David's? Nope. Might be lighter. It might have got lighter. Because <laughs> all that SC1 just came off. All right, high-speed compression. This is You guys are scared of high-speed high compression on shocks. Do not. This is a very, very useful 
um, adjustment on your shock. Um, it is a sensitive, more sensitive uh, adjustment than the low-speed compression. Uh, I go eighth turn increments when making changes. Um, easiest way to do that is open in wrench, start where you are, and then just like a clock, eighth in, eighth, quarter, so on and so forth. Or if you're blessed with the T-handle, T-handle has those nice T-handle ends. Yep. And just turn it at eighth a turn. That is plenty. A quarter is a lot. If you want a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, I don't know uh, that song. Uh, uh, as it grooves. Nope. Yeah, it's too old. I think it's salt and pepper. Uh, <laughs> eighth inch. Eighth inch. <laughs> Get an eighth of an inch. I need a little eighth of an inch more. Uh, an eighth of a turn really does work. Okay. So very sensitive adjustment is the high-speed compression. The high-speed compression dampening will allow your shock stroke to stiffen or soften when compressed at high-speed situations, loads, uh, but can also act like a secondary ride height. Kay. It acts like a sag. Did you know that? I did not know that. The action to go stiffer on HSC, depending on if you're a Showa, KYB, or WP rider, will depend how much you will want to adjust. Uh, each one of these guys are more sensitive than the other. Again, I talked about 8 turn increments um that i would say more towards on the kyb and show aside you can go a quarter turn on wp uh shocks so that is less sensitive uh going to a stiffer hsc setting on your shock will raise your rear end and give you more hold up in g outs up jump faces out of corners on throttle under load it'll lift your rear end up as well as create more front-end bite when entering into corners, area one and two of the corner, okay? Okay. Adjusting the high speed is sometimes scary to us weekend warrior guys because we don't know what the hell that big-ass knob is. Well, I'm telling you guys right now. <laughs> don't be fear. Don't fear the knob, all right? It's one of the most notable changes you can make to your shock. Uh, adjusting the HSC can give a rider a pleasure feeling if he or she is too low in the stroke. Increasing HSC can get you out of the harsh portion of the shock stroke if you're too low or a little bit too fat, like I am right now, on acceleration and decel. HSC can make the ride attitude of the bike more balanced front to rear in the positive side of things. All right? Okay. The reaction of going too stiff on HSC. It can negatively affect... Uh, Bump absorption. Yep. It can cause deflection, on-off throttle. Rigidity feeling can go up. Uh, f a low front-end feel, which can cause a harsh feeling in the fork. Too firm of a feel when hitting bumps on acceleration. Harsh feeling through your feet. Especially Honda guys, you will notice that really quick if you do that. Oversteer, knifing on lean angle. And it also allows the ride, um, the ride attitude of the bike to be too front-end low, rear-end high, and causing kicking coming down hills or on decel, very nose heavy. Yep. If you want a little bit better cornering, you can stiffen up your high speed and your shock. That'll help you lean in a little bit more, but you got to know that you're going to cause it to be a little bit stiffer so you can back out the low speed a little bit when you go stiffer on the high speed. That will kind of help you balance it out. All right? All Everything right. action, reaction, Aiden. Um. Going softer, the action softening the high speed can increase plushness on braking bumps, give the bike a flatter feel overall when chopping throttle in soft dirt. Oh. 
Didn't know that, did you? No. Allow the shock to move further down in the stroke under heavy load. Make the action of the stroke faster, less dampening feel. Can increase rear wheel traction, especially on lean angle, more tire contact patch, which we all love. Give a more supple feel to the hands through the pegs. That's a little bit softer on HSC. Okay. Have you ever screwed with your high-speed dampening? I've never even screwed my suspension, really. <laughs> Why do you say that? We just adjusted some of the four clickers the other day. You I know, but we rarely do with my bike because I never complain about my bike, really. What did you complain about the other day that you didn't like? Uh, it moved a little too much. No, nope. what is the thing that you say, I feel now that I didn't feel before? You're complaining about the other day. A little slower. Of, top uh, out feel. Oh, yep. If you guys are wondering what a top out feeling is in your fork, I'm just going to give you a little sidebar right now. We're off topic, but that's okay. If you are riding and you hit a G out or you're riding sand whoops or rollers. And or you're you, going over a jump or something. Yeah, you're going to jump and you go to load the front end and it comes back up and it almost feels <laughs> feels like your Clank. headset is loose. Yeah. Like there's a slop like inside of your headset. Yep. It could be your headset if it's loose. It will do that. But also, if your headset is not loose, that is called a top-out feel in your fork, which usually is there's too much preload on the fork spring. Yep. So sometimes that is the nature of the valving that some um, of these companies do when they change the preload in the fork that could give you a top-out feel. It's basically it, it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. negatively or positively, it just could be a hindrance to your hands or your brain when you feel this. Yep. And sometimes if you get too much of it, it does cause some problems on slap downs or going up towards jumps. Most of the time, that means it's very quick. It's almost too quick. Yep. So there's too much preload on it, right? Okay. So that is top out feel. All right, getting back to topic, the reaction to too soft of high-speed compression is allows the fork um, ride too high in the stroke, can cause front end pushing through corners. Fork deflection creates a low-end rear-end feel that can make the rear of the bike wallow through rollers, or if you're Euro, waves. Okay. Causes too much pitching on-off throttle, teeter-totter movement. Harsh feeling firm around the track because the shock is riding in the stiffer part of the stroke, dampening, a.k.a. the mid-stroke. Unbalanced feel around the track which maybe could more comfort in the rear and with less comfort in the fork. Yep. Again, high-speed dampening, very, very crucial. It acts like a right attitude. So if you have your bike sag set at 105 and you feel like you could be a little bit low, maybe try to go stiffer a quarter turn, an eighth of a turn on high speed, and that could help stiffen your ass end up a little bit without adjusting your sag. This is an option. There's many options in the world of suspension. This is why it's so confusing and scary to people because you give human beings too many options, we get ourselves in trouble. Yep. You're a single male. You're a hot-looking single male. (laughs) I don't know what that's like. Never have. But you're a good-looking kid, Aiden. Okay. Thank God for your mother. (laughs) You're you're not single right now. But if you were and you're walking around and you're hot, you're good-looking, and you have women coming to you all over hell, those are too many options. You're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Sometimes suspension companies or bikes, we don't need all the bills, the bells, bells and, and whistles. whistles and all this other shit. Wassels. Wassels. Just give us a good bike with the basics, one or two options, and we're good. Okay. 
everyone's like, oh, I wonder, you know, when we're going to be able to adjust our suspension on the fly and have this and that. Dude, we don't need all that shit. We're going to get ourselves massive amount of trouble because, look, it, we're not, as dirt bike guys, most of us, I'm not saying all of us, we're not smart. No. We're, no. we're average people. intelligence. Yep. We're high school graduates. We're blue-collar dudes. You know, uh, don't give us too many options. Just give us a good handling motorcycle. Just give us a motorcycle. Listen to Kiefer Inc. Testing. I'll tell you which way to go. You can email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com. I will help you. Yep. I've been through this road. I've come. Here, here's a little story for y'all. We get off topic here sometimes in the show. <laughs> when I was learning to be a test rider and I was with Doug and I was doing these things, I would go to these tests and I was so nervous like you are like with me. And you're, you're overwhelmed. There's so much information coming in and out of you. Yep. You're overwhelmed, right? So after about two weeks of me sitting there like you going, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, I knew that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I said, fuck it. I would bring me a notepad to work. Doug would be talking about this thing, and we could just be talking about what the bike is doing, and I am jogging down notes. All of those notes are in there. I could show you all these notes. Really? And all I did was make bullet points, and then I referenced them when I got home, and I would, and it would trigger my memory. So for some of these guys, you can go to my website, print off the action versus reaction, and just highlight things that you can look at at the track and make yourself a binder. If you're serious about this, I guess. Yep. I, if you have two things I would want in a motorcycle, I'm going to ask you this question. Actually, I want to ask you this question. And you guys think about this at home. You have a brand new motorcycle, okay. okay? If you could have anything for your motorcycle, two things, what would you want? A good motor and suspension. But give me give me specifics. Uh, okay, a good motor is okay. I want a, a fast motor. Okay, but give me another specific. Hmm. Uh, I'd have to say probably. Are we talking like anything? Anything? Yeah. From uh, grips, bars. Whatever. I mean, it anything. Probably an ECU and uh, suspension. Okay. So what I would have, I would take my best suspension spec Yep. and tires. tires. A great tire and comfortable. I, I, here's, here's when you know you have good suspension. When your comfort raises up along with your performance, which is rare. Some companies do do this. You will get a stiffer feeling, but also have more plushness. It's it's very rare. Yep. But I've experienced this with some companies. Racetex did this with me with the Honda. Enzo did that with me on the Yamaha. KYB has done that with me on some of these tests that I've felt like these factory guys, what they're running. Yeah. This is what's bitching about the factory guys' bikes when we talk about, oh, factory suspension. Not kit suspension. Factory, factory suspension. Your comfort level will go up along with your performance, so you can hit shit faster. You, you've you heard me talk about this yeah, with some of my stuff that I have on my bikes, mm -hmm. my experimental stuff. My bike gets better at 2 o'clock. Yeah. That's when you know it's good. you have some good shit. So I will take that and spec tires. You've never ridden with spec tires? You probably should not. Yeah, I've never ridden. Because you would, you would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I could start my lean so far. You know how you lean into a corner and you can kind of feel, oh, I'm going to wash. Sometimes, yeah, Glen Helen. Anyway, like you, or you're coming in, you wash out. You do that all the time. 
You come in too hard and yak, wash out. Yeah. You would I wouldn't do that with spec tires. Really? You wouldn't you'd go in to lean to in a corner and you'd be like, hmm. Hmm. I can hmm. Wow. I'm still leaning and no, I'm not breaking loose. It's it's, <laughs> it's a miracle. Okay. It's like little baby Jesus came here with, with little rubbers. Little, little here, rubbers. Here, man. You can lean as far as you want. You don't have to worry about it. It's called a spec tire. Okay. Thank you, baby Jesus. Thank you, baby Jesus. Rebound. All right, moving forward. Uh, The rebound damping allows the shock shaft to move faster, slower when compressed or released. It can also act as a type of dampening force as well. Uh, Action, faster rebound positives are more rear and traction because the shock is moving faster, which in turn is causing the rear tire to get back to the ground, just like we talked about on the fork. Uh, quicker over bumps, square edges can help straight line stability. You desert racers, you off-road guys can, uh, y- you know, do that. Uh, this, the faster it goes, uh, the better it is. It'll follow the ground. So um, you off-roaders, you might want to speed up your rebound a little bit. That'll help you go straighter, a little bit, you know, follow the ground better. And just overall, the faster the track, uh, the faster you want your rebound napping on your shock. I'm not saying you got to <laughs> back out your rebound all the way out, but, you know, a little bit of faster rebound will make that tire follow the ground better and increase your stability. And also increase your plushness through the beginning to mid-stroke and can help uh, get more lift off of jumps. So if you need a little bit more lift off of jumps, uh, rebound does help that as well. Now, the downside, the reaction to go faster is can cause side-to-side movement on throttle under slight lean angle, edge of tire. Think of your edge of your tire. And also, could make the shock feel too soft, too low on acceleration bumps. Diving can cause pushing sensation of rear tire um, through area two into three, in the middle to the end, under throttle. Can put too much weight on the front end through uh, the corner. So there is some cause for negative effects if you're going too fast on the rebound. Uh, Again, you guys on the East Coast... Uh, slower rebound is a little bit better if you have softer dirt and also you pure sand track riders, um, depending on how big of your rollers are, your waves. Um, I've actually ran pretty stiff stuff in soft conditions because of how deep the sand was or how sharp the bumps were. You can get away with a lot stiffer setting in pure sand conditions. Uh, Aiden, when I was growing up, I rode what we called the sand track, the sand wash by grandma's house. Yep. It was really sandy. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And we used to make a part of the section go out in the sand uh, bed. In the wash, yep. And there would be there would be bumps almost as tall as this desk. Yep. And sharp. And I would be out there. Me and Travis would be out there. And sometimes Travis, before Daytona Supercross, would go out there and ride with me. And he would run a Supercross suspension. And he's like, works fine out here. Really? So that's how stiff you can run some of that in uh, in soft, pure, soft conditions. Um, Now, the action positives to going slower on the rebound can allow for more dampening feel firmer, slow the rear end down off throttle, which can give you increased front end traction in areas two and three of the corners, more planted feel coming into deep braking bumps, less movement of the initial stroke under throttle while hitting acceleration bumps, and also can allow bike to soak up jump faces more with less air. All right. That's basically where we went to. If you look at the 1990s to early 2000s, 
a uh, lot softer settings, faster rebounds. As the bikes got heavier, riders got better, slower uh, rebound dampening settings, and you know stiffer compression settings. Uh, reaction negatives going slower is a uh, harsher feeling on off throttle when hitting bumps can make the shock feel too firm on acceleration through choppy bumps uh, too high and harsh uh, you never get that feeling that you know the track you come out of a corner like like that choppy feel just like that da, 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 da. you honda crf 450 owners <laughs> you know what i'm talking about david martinez uh just almost like a, a packing yep. sensation it's not moving it's just driving that straight to your back that's horrible uh, can give you less real attraction on hard pack chop. Front and high feeling off of jumps can cause a ride attitude that is too low off a of throttle. And that low feeling can give you the rider, uh, uh, you know, less cornering stability through chops. You know what the chops are? Little small chatter bumps. That's right. Choppy ruts. And uh, it'll begin to pack and give that front tire less contact patch. Again, slower rebound, a little bit firmer, a little bit less comfort, but more control. Yep. At times and softer dirt. Yep. And going a little bit uh Underload? softer on the rebound can also get you more control on hard pack. Okay. So again, know what type of rider you are, know what type of conditions you're in, and suspension isn't that complicated. You just gotta simplify it a little bit. So that's what we're trying to do here for you right now. Um last thing on the thing. Uh last thing on the thing. Last thing on the thing here we're talking about down here. Hey bud down here. What's up? Uh, as far as suspension goes, the sag. Let's say you say, F you, Chris. I don't want to do none of this. This sounds like shit. At least just your sag. Yep. Get your new bike or you bought or a bike or just anything. You bought an, a, a new used bike to you. Check your sag. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, oh, I can't get 106 millimeters out of my sag. Uh, I can hear that, by the way. So just FYI. Uh, you might need a new spring. Okay. You need to make sure that spring is right for your weight. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You do? Yep. You know, because you're just all DNR, so we had to do a different spring rate for you. Yep. But you are creeping up in size now, 140 pounds. Nope, still 135. I checked this morning. Really? Yep. Yeah. Seems like you'd be bigger. Nope. Same. <clears throat> Anybody can go back and see how many times Aiden says yep and nope in this podcast, and you are right. Get back to me, and you win a prize. <laughs> I really try hard on Aiden to hopefully if Aiden ever gets to where he needs to go and, and does as uh, an interview somewhere hope to God you do good interviews because they'll look back on these shows and be like Kiefer never never helped him <laughs> Kiefer never helped him and he's just going to be like this dude that laughs and says yep and nope yep nope yeah. uh, sag measurement is important because it gives the correct preload on the shock spring for your weight uh, sag is also important because it gives the bike its intended ride attitude when designed. So when I'm doing these R&D uh, bikes with the manufacturers and we have a, a prototype unit, there is a sag in mind by the time it gets to pre-production, and that is the target sag. And usually between three riders, uh, we try to target that. So uh, light guy, middle guy, heavy guy, and usually I'm the middle guy. Yep. They will set the sag for me, 105, and there's a range, okay? So if there's a 105 for me, lighter guy can maybe only get 102 millimeters of sag, and heavy guy has 108. That's the range, right? But the target is 105. So there is a buffer for you guys out there listening. If you guys 
are heavier or lighter, and let's say the recommended sag in your owner's manual is 105, and you're, you know, a light guy and you're getting 103, don't fret. If that's all you can get or that's what you got, don't worry about it. Again, heavier guys, maybe that's all you can get is I got 108 millimeter. That's all I can get, Kiefer. Don't stress out. It's okay. There is a buffer within that target range. Uh, getting the correct ride height or sag is crucial because when the bike is designed, it's designed with a certain amount of preload. Uh, the chassis will not act like its intended use or it's therefore when developed if the sag is not set to the correct setting. We do have a buffer in there, so don't worry about that. The correct sag will give you the right attitude balance around the track. If your sag is too high, the rear of the bike can be harsh, deflect on square edge, can cause the front end to be too heavy uh, or low feeling off throttle coming down hills. Uh, the front end oversteer can be happening in corners now, um, as well as give the balance of the motorcycle a stink bug feel. Old school 2009 Honda. Having the sag too low can allow your front end to be vague in corners, less front end bite, can give the rider less rear wheel traction out of corners, under load, and could even cause more pitching on off throttle. If you're looking for a little more front end bite or more front end steering, then try going up slightly less sag on your preload. If you want more stability on faster tracks or on deep sand tracks, try going with more sag rear end lower for increased stability and a less front end heavy feel. Sand track guys, you want to drop that ass. <laughs> All right. You're a little tighter riding in the winter in Minnesota on arena cross. Milt. Milt. Yep. You want to raise that ass. Vaj. Right. I don't know what Vaj is. Vaj is ice racing. I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's freaking got ruts and ice, man. So, Hopefully this this podcast, even though we covered a lot, and again, you can always go back to my site. There's a search engine in there, right on keyforinktesting.com. You just put action versus reaction, and it's all in there. Um, but this will give you of how a little snippet of how important it is to dial in your suspension. Yep. And once you do it once, once you get it one time, let's say doesn't matter if you're 16, you're 16, Aiden, you're going to dial in your KX250, you ingested all of this information, and you do it. The next time when you get a new bike, doesn't matter, different, same, it'll be easier for you because you know the feeling, you know the direction. Yep. It's just overwhelming at first because you have all of these things. Ride your bike. Let me take a step back. Check the sag of your bike. Ride it. Get comfortable. Ride it at more than one track. That's my other suggestion for you guys. Just don't ride it at one track say, oh, man, my fork is doing this, this, or this. Unless it's way out in left field, then you can adjust it off the first track. But give your bike at least two tracks before you make adjustments to her. To and her. Yes, I call them her. Okay. Sometimes your bike needs to get broken in. Sometimes you, the rider, aren't used to the bike, and you could be riding it wrong, or you have bad technique. Or let's just say, hey, my bad technique all the time, Chris. My technique sucks. Just give your bike two tracks and then dial it in. Again, right here, this thing right here, a pen, paper, it's a miracle. It still works to this day, 2022. That still works. <laughs> or you don't want a pen and paper, this thing right here, there's a thing called notes in your phone. Okay. Glenn Helen, uh, Day Thursday. May 9th, 2022. Fork felt a little low, space. Shock felt a little high, space. Deflection, 
just make it takes literally one minute and your and your experience for motorcycles will be so much better. Will I ever see you do this? Yes. When? Hopefully this week. I'm gonna watch you. Okay. Because I think you need help in some of this area. Yes, you're sixteen years old, but you're never too young to try to learn more about your motorcycle. Especially how it works. Because when you know how it works, the better you can be able to ride it and dissect it if it doesn't. Okay? All right. So I challenge you guys at home to do this as well. If you guys want to make some notes, go to two tracks. Send them to me, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I can help you dissect your notes as well. So we'll do a little homework test over here on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. I'm happy to... uh, read over some of your notes, and I will critique it just like a teacher and maybe give you some other options um, that you guys can try at your local track. So a couple things I will need from you is uh, the two tracks that you're riding at and each track condition, your riding level, your bike, and your weight. That's all I need. And when you guys talk about your track, just give me a, a in general, um, for instance, like a sandy track with medium bump, light bump, or heavy bump. Heavy bump is it's really rough, tall bumps, um, hard pack to sand or intermediate. I get it. I can, I can get the drift. Or just actually, if you can, just put what track it is, and I can easily Google it and look at it and kind of dissect what kind of dirt it is. And I can try to help you guys. So um, I'm here to help over here. Um, if you're at the track and you see me and you want to talk about this, just come over and you know say hi, and we can uh, talk about your bike and your bike setup. But this podcast is all about trying to make your suspension life easier. We're still going to do another show with suspension gurus, and we'll talk about some of these things we talk about on this show and actually get to the center, that cream of uh, what it's all about from suspension tuners that actually dive inside of these um, bump sticks, shock, forks, and we'll dive inside to really understand what it's like valving stacks shims mid valves springs uh rods uh, all this stuff that i don't even know a lot about because i need to learn more about what's inside of that thing i've rebuilt forks one time in my life and a shock one time really and it's it's not easy uh but i understood it a little bit more once i saw the, the stack how it moves how it flows oil like it helped me a little bit on my bike once I they, did it. How do they take the fork apart? Well, we're going to have a show. We're going to talk about all of this. So maybe you can listen to the show. Do you ever listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast on your own time? No. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so is how much you care about your father. Well, I'm in here most of the time. Any of your friends listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. They're smart. I like your friends. So we try to have a good time on the show, give you some information. And if it's too fast moving for you, Simply put us on 0.5 speed and I'll sound like this. Or I try to, like I said, put the written version up on my site on on a lot of these shows that we have um, so you can digest it that way as well. Um, But that's it for today. We'll be back next week with another episode, another show. Thank you for joining me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, hey, be safe out there riding. Don't ride over your head. Try to stay on the motorcycle. That's the point. Because we are no good to our spouses, our children, and when they're laid up on the couch. Yep. What am I like when I'm hurt? You're. It's okay. What were you <laughs> gonna say? Don't say the f word. What were you gonna say? Uh, you're really mean. I'm mean. You're mean. Why? 
Just I like, didn't know that was going to be the word. I thought I was going to be like depressed or something. I know I was that mean. too. It's a mixture of things. It's depressed. It's, like how am I mean? It's Give, mean. Like what am I mean about? Uh, just tiny, tiny things. Like I'll, you, I don't know what it. Like when you were hurt, uh, when you did your knee, uh-huh. I can tell those two weeks. Like they're just harsh, just harsh. so harsh on me and mom. Really? Oh yeah. Mm, dirt bikes. What happens when I don't ride? I get moody. Yeah. So yeah, you guys don't want to do that. So uh, stay safe. Try to keep as strong as you can when we get older. Sometimes we uh, lose track on our fitness, but riding takes a lot of fitness. So uh, if you guys don't have time to uh, get in the gym, at least stretch. Um, dress for the crash, not the ride. And let's keep this thing up and moving and have a good time on two wheels. Keep everybody on dirt bikes. That's what the goal is here. Yes. Um, we got some merch for sale. That helps us out as well. You can go to our shop over on keferinktesting.com. We got new uh, Soul Rider shirts. Uh, we got other stuff available as well. So just click on the shop, do some shopping, and that uh, keeps us up and moving as well. Uh, if you have any questions about merch or if you want something different, some requests, hit up my wife, Heather, at KieferIncTesting.com. And we're a, a full-service family here. If you're a teenager and uh, you don't know a lot of things like Aiden, but maybe you guys can talk about nothing or just FaceTime each other while you do homework. I don't know what you kids do nowadays. Aiden at KieferInkTesting.com. That's his email. Yep. And he's uh, happy to do as much as he can as well. So uh, thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week. And uh, be good to each other. See you guys.